Um, and for those who are a guest this morning, an even bigger welcome. No offense to those who come here every week. My name is Linda. And I'm Peter. And we're married. <laughs> we go together. We're a match set. That's right. We just celebrated our 35th wedding anniversary. We did. Not too shabby. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, uh, first of all, I just want to say, you know, uh, I really appreciate the worship team, and you know, even when um, people need to kind of step up and fill the gaps, it's, it's isn't it amazing how within the body of Christ, God gives us different abilities and different areas in which we can serve, and uh, you know, if if I was up there leading, it wouldn't be a pretty thing. And um, so I think uh, just that the beauty of, of the way that we the different parts of the body work together is, is pretty amazing. Um, as uh, we think about things like that, uh, our uh, church here, um, we have a mission, and that is that we wish to be transformed by the Holy Spirit. And we want that transformation to then lead us to follow Jesus, love people, and do good. And uh, that's what we try to keep as our North Star, to keep as, as a focus um, as we um, do different things in ministry, as we reach out to people, as we gather together. Um, that's really our focus. Uh, we, part of the way that we um, interact with each other is in prayer, praying for each other, praying with each other. Uh, if you have a prayer request, there's a card in the seat back in front of you. Uh, just this morning, I had the opportunity to pray with someone, um, and, and that's something that, that, again, brings our body together. It's a way that um, we can all interact together, and prayer is just one of those things that God um, has given us as a way to, uh, to connect with Him as uh, both individuals and as a community. So please, uh, if you have a prayer request, anything that may be on your heart, please use that card to uh, just jot a note down. Um, you can drop it in the box at the back. You can add your name to it. You don't have to add your name to it, but uh, our staff and our prayer teams here are faithful to pray over those cards. So um, it's a great way for, uh, for you to uh, just make, um, make your request known. Um, we also have a connect card. So those of you who may be um, newer to new song um, and you haven't really kind of gotten into the groove of things yet, that connect card is there to kind of help us get to know you, make sure we can connect with you, and that's why it's called a connect card. Um, but fill that out, put some information in there, and then we'll be able to, uh, to connect. Excellent. Well... The new year started and we started back up some ministries. We were off for a couple of weeks. Um, just to give you a recap, student ministries resumed on Wednesday nights, which is super fun. Um, Moms off duty also resumed. And Coffee Connect for San Dimas High School. Uh, we came back and served them a bunch of coffee. So that was fun. Uh, Linda and I work with the youth group here, right guys, back yeah. there, a couple of rows of, uh, of our youth, and uh, this past week we started our, our Wednesday nights back up, but we also had on Friday night a game and grub night, uh, it was a lot of fun, we had, uh, we played a variety of games, I think there was um, some, what did you call it, spicy uno? Oh, spicy uno. Spicy uno going on, and we played like a speed round of Monopoly, and uh, we played left, right, center. I think a couple of kids went home with piles of candy. So, uh, thank you. You're welcome, Abby parents. Abby Roberts scored. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, um, that was a lot of fun. 
Yes, it was. Um, so pantry, uh, we serve so many people with our pantry ministry. Yesterday, we served 382 people, which is amazing. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Melody leads just such an incredible ministry there. And, um, but we need your help. We need to restock a lot of things in the pantry. You'll see a list up there. Um, take a screenshot if you want. I'm sure it's on the website as well. Um, when you're at the grocery store, just pick up a couple extra items, you know, look for good sales, uh, and you can bring them to the welcome table on any Sunday morning. Um, we would greatly appreciate that. All right, and then uh, we've got small groups starting back up on January 23rd. We're gonna be doing Tuesday nights, uh, 6.30 p.m. And uh, I don't know, are we meeting in this room? Or in the KMC? Okay. You know, small groups are just a great opportunity, again, to connect with maybe a smaller group of people. We all gather here on Sunday mornings, and we have other uh, opportunities, whether through the garden ministry, the pantry ministry, youth group, things like that. But small groups is another opportunity to get to know somebody that maybe you wouldn't connect with in any other way. So I would encourage you to consider um, that opportunity to, uh, to join up with a small group. And then on January 24th, Wednesday night, we're having our guys and gals nights. So that means if you are in student ministries and up in age, um, if you are a dude or a guy, uh, you're going to meet. It's going to be a trivia night. And word on the street, there might be some prizes. So that's super fun. Um, the gals, again student ministries age and up are going to meet together at the same time, Wednesday night at 6.30. Um, and we are going to do some really cool things as far as outreach for our surrounding communities. So you'll want to come to that. It's going to be great. Again, that's January 24th at 6.30. And one last thing to mark your calendar with, February 3rd, uh, we're going to be doing an all-church hike. Now, this is not uh, Mount Everest. This is this will be relatively mild. Um, so we're encouraging everybody to come and join uh, if you're able. Uh, bring the family out. Uh, this will be, uh, I think Stephen called it a easy to moderate hike. So uh, we're going to meet here at 9 a.m. on Saturday, February 3rd. Then we'll carpool to uh, whichever location Stephen selects. If you do have any questions about this, um, uh, this particular event, Stephen would be happy to answer them. Stephen in the building? Uh, he's probably outside ushering people in. So uh, if you have questions, uh, feel free to ask Stephen. Um, and uh, yeah, it should be a fun, fun event. All right. Uh, with that, let me say a quick word of prayer, and then uh, we'll hand things over to Melody. Heavenly Father, we, uh, we thank you for um, this day. God, as we gather together, um, we gather in your name, and we pray, God, that, um, that you would just uh, reveal uh, yourself to us through, uh, through the, the teaching, God, that as we um, spend time together um, looking into the word, God, that you would, uh, you would be real to us. God, I thank you for um, the ways that you care for us and you provide for us. We pray for those who are not able to be here with us today. We pray for those who are ill um, and those who are um, otherwise uh, unable to just be present. God, we lift them before you and we pray that you would have your hand over each of their situations. 
Father, we, um, we commit this time to you. We pray that uh, for Melody, that her words would be um, uh, just uh, smooth and, and clear um, as, you, uh, as you speak through her. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Alrighty. Thank you. Good morning. How's everybody doing? A little chilly? You know, I could tell it was chilly because uh, when I turned the corner to, I was doing something in the other building and then there's no one in the courtyard, you know, it, like at 10 o'clock when we start singing in here and I was like, where'd everybody go? Everyone's in here. It's too cold outside. So it's nice and warm in here. Yeah. Everyone toasty? Yes. Maybe too toasty. Are you falling asleep? Do you turn up the AC? Who does that when they're driving? You would turn on the AC to stay awake? Anyone? No? Just me? Just weird stuff I do? Yeah? All right. Well, my name is Melody, and I do weird things, and I'm one of the pastors here at New Song, and I'm very happy to have you here today and speak with you and be with you. Um, you know, one of the things that I do love about this place is that we know each other's name. We can say, good morning, Kate, good morning, Ralph, good morning, Lena, good morning, Bill, good morning, you know, and I love that. I love that. And if you are struggling with getting connected, if you are just visiting today, if you are checking us out, the best way is to plug right in and fill out a connect card and say, hey, I'm interested in knowing more about the men's group, more about this, more about that. Hey, I need prayer for this, that, or the other. It's the best, best way to get connected and start to get to know people and for us to get to know you. Yes? I might chase you down in a time or two if you don't, if you don't fill that out. I don't hear from you in a little bit, right? Bill, I called you this week, right? Bill filled out a connect card and I was like, doot, doot, doot. I haven't talked to you in a while. Let me talk to Bill. All right. Well, good morning. Um, I have a visual survey for you to look at and for you to tell me what you think. So this is cookie dough. Okay. Who loves raw cookie dough? straight out of the mixing bowl, right? That's a, that's a fair amount of you guys in here. The, um, there's what? There's sugar, there's flour, there's butter, there's a little bit of salt, some chocolate chips, right? So cookie dough is delicious. Yes, we all agree. Raise your hand again. Let me take a quick survey. Okay, that's a good portion. Now, let me show you another picture. The cooked cookie dough, the cookie. Now, who prefers the cookie to the cookie dough? Okay, so we're about divided. Maybe some of you raised your hands twice. That's all right. But here's the thing. It's the exact same ingredients, right? The cookie dough versus the actual cooked cookie. Just different outcomes, yes? Different outcomes here. Um, you can eat some cookie dough, right? If it's specifically designed for, you know, it says edible cookie dough. Um, hopefully it's not gonna make you sick. But, um, you know, I feel sometimes split in the middle, depending on the time of day, depending on my mood, depending on what's happening. So if I just ate and, you know, the cookies are being made or whatnot, I might wait for the cookie, right? But if it's coffee time and I smell some cookies baking and, you know, my daughter is in there just 
putting the stuff on the cookie tray, I might take a spoonful of cookie dough. It really depends. The battle of the dough versus the cookie. Um, but ultimately, the cookie dough, right, there's no form, shape to it, and, and, it, and it's not designed to, unless, unless it was made that way, but it's, it's really, its form um, is to be consumed as a cookie. So it's made to get somewhere, right? There's a specific, um, there's a specific outcome. And I think that sometimes life, right, can be like cookies and cookie dough, yeah? You following me on this? I sound like, what's the movie with Jim Carrey? That's the way the cookie crumbles. The one where he's God? Bruce Almighty, yes. That's not what I'm going for here. But I think that life can be something like cookie dough this morning. Sometimes, you know, we're looking at um, circumstances in life that take a little bit of waiting, right? There we're waiting for a specific outcome that if we don't wait for it, it may end up this way or that way or, you know, so there's different circumstances and we all have things in life that sometimes can feel like this side of the picture, right? It's not finished. It's unformed. It's not the way it should be. It might make us Sick. It might make us feel not okay. And, you know, I really wish I could tell you today, hey, listen, trust God and your life will be like a delicious baked cookie. Yeah? I wish I could tell you that, but unfortunately, it's not that simplistic, right? It's not that simplistic, but I can tell you that fortunately, God does not leave us the way we are. Amen to that? So today, I want to look at a section of the Bible and look at what it is saying and what it is not saying. And if you're just joining us today um, at New Song here, we just started a new series last week, and we're looking at Psalm 40. And last week, if you were here or if you listened online, we took the whole psalm, everyone received a piece of paper, and my question to you was, what stands out to you. We did a whole reflective exercise and I said, hey, listen, what words jump out, highlight, mark them, what people come to mind. And I asked you to keep a copy of Psalm 40 nearby. Anyone do that? Anyone have their copy? If you re- oh, gold star. I love it. Excellent. So that is the idea. This whole psalm, we are going to be looking back over and over again. So gold star for you guys. If you don't have your copy, do this when you get back home. Um, and if you, have, if you need a copy, talk to me afterwards. I will get you a copy. So um, uh, I asked, oh, the other thing I did was I asked you guys to share with me, to share with me, hey, what words stood out to you as we did this exercise? What phrase, hey, why did it stand out to you? And many of you shared your responses. Some of you didn't put your name on it, and that's fine, and I still loved it. And some of you did put your name on it, and I really appreciated that too. And it was, again, a way to connect and a way to know what was going on in some people's lives. And the invitation stands again today and for this whole series. So as we read these sections over and over again, please grab a card in front of you, 
write down what it is and share it. Because this is not limited just to the words I have to say today right now. It is, what is your experience? What is your experience? We share in this together. So the invitation is there. If something stands out to you, please, please, please don't delay in filling out what that was and drop it in the offering box right outside. Or I said, put it directly in my hand and a couple people did that and they ran the other way. So, but I appreciated it. So, uh, today we're going to look at this first section, verses 1 through 3 in Psalm 40. And I will read it a few times as I did last week. Now, some of you might be familiar with what this practice is called, and it's called Lectio Divina. Has anyone heard about that? Uh, it's a practice, it's a meditative way, a reflective way of reading the scriptures where we open ourselves to what God is trying to say to us, where we set aside and we really try to focus our minds on what the scripture is saying, where we, as Grant, Grant likes to use the word ponder, as we ponder the scripture, I can't do his accent because it's going to come out Jamaican, okay? <laughs> but we set aside our own kind of ideas, our own kind of whatever, we, we leave aside what's happening at lunchtime, what's happening tomorrow, we just focus on the words. And this practice involves reading the passage over and over again. And Pastor Stephen and I were sitting in my office having a chat um, this week, and we said, you know what? We're gonna do that uh, during this series. We're gonna read it once, twice, maybe even three times. So today I'm gonna read this a couple times, but I'd like to pray before we begin. Lord Jesus, I pray that as we are quieting our hearts and we're quieting our minds and we're quieting our bodies, Lord, Lord, would we be open to what you would say to us today? Lord, whether it's a word that comes out of my mouth or it's a word that pops into someone's brain, Lord, Lord, I ask that our hearts would be open intently to what you are pressing upon them, Lord. Lord, would we be just open to your Holy Spirit. We invite you here today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So I'm gonna read this. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth and a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. Psalm 41 through 3. I'm going to read it again. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth and a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. I'm gonna read it one more time. 
I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. I'm going to let you read it once on your own in silence. Now, many of you, many, many, many of you wrote down responses to this first section. Many of you said this first section stood out to you because you struggle with that very first phrase, I waited patiently for the Lord. Many, some of you wrote the word patient, circled it, and crossed it out. Someone wrote in there, you know what? I want to replace the phrase I waited patiently with, for the Lord with the phrase I waited impatiently for the Lord. Some of you said, I don't, I don't know what that even means anymore. I don't know what waiting looks like. I don't know. There was a lot of response for this first phrase. And what I, what I mentioned before is I want to look at what this passage is saying and what it is not saying. So let's take a look at it again. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me, heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see the Lord and put their trust in him. There is a lot of action in this first section. This, this passage is saying, very simply put, this passage is saying, I, David, he's saying, I waited on the Lord. He turned to me he heard my cry, he lifted me out, set my feet on a rock, gave me a firm place to stand, put a new song in my mouth. This is what the passage is saying. It is saying this. Here's what the passage is not saying. It is not saying what the wait is for. We have no specifics on that. It is not saying how things are going to change. There's no specifics on that. It is not saying what the ultimate solution to the situation is here. There's no specifics. And lastly, there's no specifics on how long this lasted. So here we have what it is saying and what it is not saying. I think it's pretty clear. Would you agree? Yes, we, we would agree. So the question that we ask ourselves when we look at passages like this is, how does this apply to me? And what does this have to do with cookie dough, Melody? Right? Well, have you ever been in these shoes? Have you ever, you know, been in these shoes where you're just like, 
I don't, I don't know what the wait is for. I don't know how things are going to change. I don't know what the resolution is. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Let me turn to the Bible. Wow, I still don't know. There's no specifics here. It's not a handbook, right? I want to look at a story of someone who waited on the Lord with uh, two different types of outcomes in his life today. And we're going to look at the story of Moses two times when he cried out. And um, if you don't know who Moses is, I will give you a very brief introduction to him. He was a man who was called by God to deliver his people out of slavery in Egypt uh, and bring them to a land that God had promised them. So when the time came for Moses and his people to leave Egypt, a lot of things happened here, but the portion of the story that I want to read to you today is when Moses and his people are essentially being chased by Pharaoh and his army because Pharaoh agreed to let them go, and then at the last minute, what happened? He changed his mind, and he is chasing them. So the people had come to the edge of the sea where they were trapped and there was no way to escape on their own. And here is what immediately happened in Exodus chapter 14. It said, then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters divided and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. So here we have an example of when Moses and his people cried out to God and the answer was immediate. It was right there. So in this story, we do have specifics. We do have the resolution. We know exactly what changed. We know the specific outcome. We even know how long this took. This is that we get this here in this scripture. But here's what happens next. We read in the Bible that over the next 40 years, the same people who got this immediate resolution, this immediate action, this immediate answer, for 40 years, they wandered and they waited and they waited, and they waited some more, and they waited. In fact, Moses waited and waited until there was no more waiting for him. He died before seeing this promise completed. So the exact opposite, right? The cookie dough, right? The same type of thing, but two very different outcomes. This time, he probably didn't get the outcome that he wanted with all his heart. Even in the life of this man, this man who had conversations with God, who was, who was called, who in the life of this man, we see two different, two very different scenarios. And maybe, like Moses, we have experienced different types of situations when it comes to waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting some more. Yes? Sometimes we get immediate answers and results. Yes? And sometimes we don't like the resolution. We don't like the change. We don't like the immediate answer. We don't want this outcome. So sometimes we get that and we don't like it. 
But this passage, let's get back to the passage we're looking at today. Let's get back to what it is saying and what it is not saying. It said, I waited patiently for who? For the Lord. Like, do we know who the Lord is? Do we know who he is? He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit. He set my foot on a rock, gave me a firm place to stand, put a new song in my mouth. And what I noticed from this passage, again, from what it's saying, what it's not saying, is that there is more at work here than a circumstance. There is more at work. And I said it last week, and I said, you know what? It's not always about what we need. It's about who God is. It is about who he is. And beyond the specifics, can we see what the Lord has done for us? He turned to me. He heard my cry. He lifted me out. He set my feet on a rock, gave me a firm place to stand, put a new song in my mouth. And can we see that? And where does he do this from? He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. And this pit is not just an illustration of like a little ditch of a, you know, something you kind of trip on. No, this, is, this pit is described, if you do a little research on it, as a deep, deep, deep well where the mud is sticky and slippery. And David says here, it's a deep, dark place where again, in, in a pit, when you're covered in, in mud and slime, and I've never, I've never been covered in something like that, but the way that the, the, the research is on this and, and this illustration, it's a deep, dark place with no hope for survival. Because with every, with every attempt of you trying to get out, it just drags you, drags you down. And I feel like sometimes life can feel like a pit. Life can feel like a pit. Maybe it's a job that you, that is making you miserable. Maybe it's a marriage that is really, really, really struggling. Maybe it's family problems, friend problems, money problems. Maybe it's sin in our life. Sin in someone else's life who you just feel so burdened for. You know, just recently I had a phone call with someone and they are in such a pit. There's been very few times in my life where I have felt sick to my stomach for someone's situation. And I felt sick to my stomach for this situation for days. It's such a deep, dark pit. And I don't want us to read this section lightly because David here, he's saying this pit, this pit is the pit of death, of the pit where there's no, where we are separated from God, where all hope and all survival on our own is gone. But it says here, the Lord goes to this pit for you and for me. 
and gives us a firm place to stand. In the message, I don't have it, but in the message version of this section, it says, he gave me a place to stand so I wouldn't slip and fall again. He gave me a place to stand so I wouldn't slip. And this passage again here gives us no resolution of time, no resolution of circumstance. And when we have difficult things in our life, we have no promise of what the outcome is, but we have the promise here. It is clear that there is someone who turns his face to us. Can you see it? We have someone who hears our cry. We have someone who lifts us, who gives us a firm place to stand. And this is all excellent news. It is all excellent news. However, however, when we are in this pit, what do we do? Even when we trust in God, even when we say, I trust your timing, even when we say, I don't understand it, it is so tempting to try to grab on to anything else to get out of this pit. Yes? Last week I shared, hey, sometimes when we are not purely focused 100% on Jesus, we start to grab towards other things, towards relationships, right? Whether it's a spouse, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, friendships, whatever it is, we start grabbing towards relationships. We start grabbing towards other behaviors. Oh, I'm going to go shopping because I don't want to think about this. I'm going to do some damage on Amazon because you know what? A new pair of boots might make me feel better. Add to cart. I like boots. <laughs> I do. Or what else? We said, you know what? Let's turn to eating. I want to bury my face in a cake sometimes. <laughs> I like red velvet. Right? We turn to other things. We're tempted to turn to things that are temporary, that are not going to fix what the longing is in our hearts that are not, we can't rely on our own strength to pull ourselves out of this pit. And likely, likely, when we're not focused on Jesus, we will make a muddier, slimier mess of things. What if, what if we look at this phrase here when it, when it said, I waited patiently. What if the waited patiently part, what if we could look at that part and say, you know what? It's not about me doing more. It's not about me doing more, but it is about Jesus and what he has done. What he has done, not turning to other things to get the results we're looking for, not trying to put things into place to try to change our situation, and not try to hold on to our limited view on what the bigger picture is. What if the waiting is not waiting on here's my circumstance, here is this, here is that, here. What if the waiting is focused solely on God and who he is and what he says and what he is already done. Can we turn to him? Can we cry to him? Can we sing to him? Can we call on his name? 
You know, we have this thing right here that says to be transformed by the Holy Spirit, to follow Jesus, love people, do good, will follow, love, and do only happens first by the transformed part. You have a pit in your life that you're focused on, you have some, pray, pray that God starts transforming the way maybe you see this. You already got the outcome, you know the results, you don't like it. Why don't we pray? Pray God transform. God, let me wait in you. You have done it. You have pulled me out of this pit. I am not hopeless. You know, I have uh, four kids. Are they all in here today? Two, three. Is my fourth back there? She's back there. I have four kids, and um, over the years, my daughter's turning 16 in March, so over my 16 years of being a mom, uh, I have had my fair share of kids with injuries and sicknesses and all of the above, right? You know, uh, we've had scraped knees, we've had a broken ankle, we've had this, we've had that, we've had um, lots of stitches coming, uh, lots of blood coming out of someone's head one time. That's another story for another time. But, uh, you know, uh, a couple of my kids swallowed coins when they were little. So my first daughter, my eldest, Kaylee, was very little, and we were at another church at the time, and it's when, you know, they would pass the offering plate, so she had her little coin to put in the offering plate. And the plate comes by, and I'm like, Kaylee, girl, where's your coin? And she's like, it's in my tummy. I'm holding it in my tummy. So what's my first instinct? I'll show you what I did. I snapped a picture. Mom of the year right here. I'm like, okay, let me just take a picture of this moment so that I uh, have it forever. And let's go make sure it's not in your throat. Or can you cough? Like what, you know? So she swallowed a coin and um, it was in her tummy. That's where she kept it. Uh, another child, Claire, she found a penny, and that one was actually super scary because that one was lodged in her throat. I had to call 911, she was choking, she was turning different colors, and that one had to be surgically removed. And it was one of the scariest things in my life, but I got a cute little picture of a little uh, patient in the paramedic uh, train there. What's it called, the bus? I don't know. Ambulance, ambulance, I don't know. She's so cute. But yep, she had to have it surgically removed. So we have had many things. And when my kids were smaller, of course, I was right there at their aid, right? I was right there. I was, it was immediate because they were usually always with me. And as my kids have grown and go to school full-time now, I work full-time now, for a large portion of the day, my kids are not with me. My kids are not with me. And, you know, there's some things that I have drilled into my kids as far as safety is concerned, right? Like, you know, you go over all the things, but one of the things that I've repeated over and over and over to them is, hey, if you feel sick or if you feel unsafe, you get to the nurse, you have them call me, and I will come. I will come, okay? You don't have to justify, you don't have to explain, you don't have to make, if you call me, I will go. Now, I have not had to do this 
very often at all. Luckily, my kids didn't take that and, you know, take it to the bank and say, okay, once a week I'm going to call mom. No, I've had to do this very, very, very rarely, and luckily, no one is swallowing coins anymore. Um, but the point is, is that I will come get them. I made a promise. I said, I will come get you, and I could maybe be here at work. I think the farthest I've ever been, I was down in Apple Valley one time when I got called, and I was like, okay, I just got here, but I'm turning around to go get them. Because I made a promise, I will come to them. And God will come to you. He is already there. He is already there. There, in the story of Moses, you have different outcomes here. God's response was different, just like my response, depending on where I am, my response as a mom may be delayed. And in our situations, it may be resolved or delayed, but the point is he is there. Today is not about providing you a formula about the results that maybe you're looking for or to tell you to do more. This passage we're looking at today it's about what it says and what it doesn't say. And he says, I give you a firm place to stand. I hear your cry. I turn my head toward you. And he gave us the ultimate place and the ultimate person to stand on, and that is Jesus Christ. And the last part of this passage here, I've left this for last, that says here, it says, many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. You know, we, we, we do this in community. We are not meant to be alone. Half of the reason why we ask you to fill these out all the time is because we want to know. We want to know what's going on in your life. We want to know how to, how to pray for you, how to how to pray for you to find that foundation, how to pray for your cries, how to celebrate with you when you get the resolution you might be looking for. And we celebrate, we celebrate the fact that many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in it. And we do communion every week because this represents how he has already pulled us out of the pit of despair. We have Jesus Christ who came and took us from sin and death and, and hopelessness and all of this stuff and pulls us out. We're going to do communion now. I'll be up here with Stephen. There'll be some people in the back. And we do this. We do this because God said, Jesus said, do this. Do this and remember the promise I gave you. The promise that I am always with you, that I will lift you up, that I will hear your cry. There's nothing in there about you're going to like it. There's nothing in there about, you know what, it's going to be the outcome you want. There's nothing in there about that. But the covenant that he came and said, I broke my body, I spilled my blood, this is the promise that I am with you always. Will you hold your communion and we'll take it together in a moment. Mm -hmm.
we lift our voices in the waiting? Can we turn to him? Can we cry to him? Can we call his name? This is a promise. I am with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will not give to you as the world gives. You won't understand half of it. You won't like some of it. Some other stuff you will celebrate and you will be just so, so thankful. But Jesus never said, he never said, you know, this is going to be easy. He never said everything will be smooth. But he said, I give you this promise. I break my body and I make a promise with you to be with you always. Let's take the breath. for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Selector, could you pull up that slide for me real quick? The last verse said, Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in Him. Whether it's people in your house who are looking at you, your neighbors, your friends, your family, many will see and fear the Lord and our voices. When things come, we can cry out to God. We can pray for a transformed heart. When things come, we can lift our voices, even if we still feel and struggle in the waiting. Amen? We're going to sing a song that says, there is no one like you. Jesus, you're the only one who could ever save, and I will build my life on this firm foundation. On this firm foundation, not in the slippery mud, not in the mire, not in the deeps of the pit, of the darkness, of the place without hope. I will build my life on you. Can we sing it? Can we stand and sing today with joy in our hearts despite, despite whatever it is? Can we encourage each other with our voices today? Let's sing. 